this is the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast where you get to find out about the best books from the people who write them. I'm Bex, and this week you're going to hear some space-tastic adventures because we're chatting about Mission Transmission and all the authors who've written some out-of-this-world stories. It's also New Year, so Happy New Year! This is the first book club of 2022. I hope you have picked up some brilliant books so far to get your year started. And uh, now I'm going to tell you about some of the brilliant books that you could pick up in your library or a shop or maybe online because we recently have launched something called Mission Transmission. Now this is a very, very exciting radio show that we're going to broadcast into outer space and we need your voices to be part of it. If you fancy getting your voice broadcast into the universe, universe forever and ever and ever well you you can it's really easy go to funkidslive.com tell us all about your likes your dislikes your loves what you would say to an alien all of that stuff we want to hear from you and we might just pop your voice in our very special spectacular mission transmission adventure now because we're speaking about space today i thought we would recap some brilliant space stories that we've had through the years here on fun kids uh the first one is from lara williamson now she chatted to us a little while ago about her space themed book the girl with space in her heart I am joined by Lara Williamson. Hello! Hello! You are the author of lots of awesome books. Thank you. Now you've got three. You've got A Boy Called Hope. Yes. You've got The Boy Who Sailed the Ocean in an Armchair. Yes, long title. (laughs) The brand new one, Just Call Me Spaghetti Hoop Boy. Yep. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the new one? Okay. 11-year-old Adam Butters lives on planet Earth and he loves spaghetti hoops and he loves his adoptive family, but he wants to be a superhero. And everybody loves superheroes uh, because they cheer people up and they make people happy. And he's trying to make his mum happy and cheer her up at the moment. But he also discovers an envelope and finds out that his name was Ace. And that's a superhero name. And then he goes in search of his birth mother. And then from there, I won't give you any spoilers, but he discovers that you don't have to be super to be a hero. You just have to be you. Now, uh, you've written, obviously, the, th- the three books. Yes. You've got um, Adam Beckett and... You, Dan. Uh, Dan, that's Dan Hope, know. yes. What do they have in common? Do you, do you write similar characters-ish? Or? Yes, I think they are all similar, actually. They're all family-based, the stories, and they're boys that are searching for something in their life. And actually, I kind of base my story slightly on um, The Wizard of Oz, in a way, because in that movie, the character discovers there's no place like home. And I think the books are essentially about love and family life and and being happy within that. Well, I was going to say, because a lot of your your three books seem to be based around families in some way or another. Yes. Like not normal families, but different types of families. Yes, because families come in all different shapes and sizes and they're amazing. And it doesn't matter what shape and size or what sort of family. I love my family dearly and I think that's something that I know about. So I write about it because I'm passionate about all different shapes and sizes of families because they're very important. And it's kind of that's what makes the world go round, really. If a kid is uh, at home right now thinking, I really want to be an author, but I don't know how to be one. Okay. What's the best way to get started? Okay, I think basically just write. And I think you should have fun when you're writing. Just be as creative, as fun, as imaginative as you possibly can. Um, Get it all down on paper and you can worry about um, polishing it later. It doesn't matter if you make any mistakes. It doesn't make any difference. But the one thing that I think about myself when I'm writing, it's about writing with heart. Um, And that's how I write. I think my heart 
needs to connect with your heart. So that's how I write. I kind of write from the heart, hoping that somewhere out there, there's that one reader whose heart will connect with mine. So if I was giving advice, I'd say write with a passion, write from your heart and you can't go far wrong. Great advice. Excellent. Now, what's it like going into bookshops and seeing your book there on the shelf? It's really hard to describe because it is just incredible. In fact, when I first started, I never thought I would see my books on the shelves. So when you walk in for the first time, your heart kind of skips a beat. It's like, this is me. This is the 10-year-old girl. I wrote my first book when I was about 10 years old and I take it into schools with me to show them. You never give up on your dreams. You still have it. I do. That's great. I do. I think I secretly thought I was Enid Blyton because it was all about a boarding school, um, something that I knew nothing about. But um, I kept it all those years and um, so I take it in and show them that, you know, you should always chase your dreams, whatever they are. So when I go into a bookshop and see it there, it's like, a dream has come true for me and sometimes I can't quite believe how amazing it is. See, I was going to ask you whether you find it hard to just sit down and write. Like, Is it like going to do your homework? And you think, oh no, but it doesn't sound like that at all. It sounds like you love it. <laughs> no, I do love it. I mean, what other job can you sit at your dining room table, stare out the window, just like a goldfish and um, daydream? Or you can do it in your pyjamas as well. <laughs> Even easier. Do, do you have plans for a new book? And maybe, I was going to ask, do you have any girls in the pipeline? Ah, well, you'll just have to wait and see. <gasps> That means yes or no. <laughs> I'm not telling. <laughs> but um, yes, I've got ideas for a fourth book, so I'm just working on that at the moment. Yes, so we have to keep an ear out for that as well. You will. Yes, Amazing. you will. Now, uh, I have a little quick fire round, if that's okay. I do okay. It with, with authors who come in the studio. Just, okay. just get a feel of who you are as a, as a writer. Okie dokie. Yeah? Okay, so uh, books or Kindles? Books. Every author says every, that, yes. every time. They smell great. They feel great. I love them. I don't want to say there's a right or wrong answer, but that seems to be the right <laughs> answer. Uh, heroes or villains? Heroes. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Film adaptation. Writing or reading? Ooh, mm. tricky one. That's I love one. both. Um, writing. Okay. Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Narnia because I grew up in the same place as C.S. Lewis and I absolutely love him and every time I see a wardrobe I keep going to the back of it and I dream that someday I'm going to find a snowy kingdom just hoping Uh, magazines or books ah that's a tricky one because I worked for magazines (gasps) oh books but I love magazines too you're Uh, a magazine editor no 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 I know I probably have people listening and think don't don't say that you don't enjoy the magazines. <laughs> I do love the magazines too. <laughs> Covered all bases. Yes. Laptop or write by hand? Um, laptop. And uh, finally, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Well, um, I absolutely love vinegar. When my mum was expecting me, she used to drink vinegar. <gasps> There's a very weird story there. Oh my goodness. And actually, she never touched it ever again. And I love vinegar. Really? Yes, there's a little hidden secret about me. That's a great story. <laughs> Can that be in the next book, please? That's a really good yes. story. Well, I always try and gather these things and think, shall I put that into a book? Anytime I hear things, I think... Hmm, do you have a little notepad just in case? I do. I keep lots of little little notepads and they all have inspirational quotes on the front about writing from the heart, about um, doing things with hope. And yes, so that just keeps me writing that way from the heart. That's brilliant. And it's so inspirational just to hear like how much you love it and I do how love it. Yes. you are encouraging everyone to read and write as much as possible. Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, reading just opens whole new worlds. It's, it's just an amazing thing. So get out there and read as many books as you can. But mostly, let's read this one here. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. This is a brilliant book. You want to read this one. <laughs> so uh, Just Call Me Spaghetti Hoot Boy is out right now. It is indeed in all good bookshops. And everyone should go and get it because it's all about a superhero called Ace. Yes, and it's all from the heart.
Excellent. Thank you so much for coming in, Lauren. My pleasure. Excellent. Perfect. Now, there was also a brilliant book that came out called Harriet versus the Galaxy. It was by Samantha Baines, and it's all about a little girl who, well, she has a little bit of a dilemma with somebody who's, I'd say, an intruder into the house. And Samantha Baines is here right now. She's going to do a special reading of Harriet versus the Galaxy. Harriet, come and say goodbye to your dad before he goes, Gran shouted from downstairs. Well, I think that's what she shouted. I didn't have my hearing aid in, but I heard the words goodbye and dad, so I just filled in the rest like a crossword puzzle. Coming, I yelled back. I put down my sparkly blue hairbrush and looked around for my hearing aid. My hearing aid is green, which is my second favourite colour, as well as being my surname. The doctor said they didn't have any in blue and sparkly, which would have been my top choice. I'd taken it out to have my shower because it doesn't like water. I don't either. I prefer orange squash. But now I couldn't see it anywhere. Oh no, I whispered. No, no, no. I'd only just arrived at Gran's house where I was going to be staying while Dad was away, working on his new job, and it looked like I'd already lost one of my most important things. My hearing aid is like a teeny tiny music speaker, but instead of playing music, it makes the noises going into my ear, like Gran shouting upstairs, louder so I can hear them better. My hearing isn't as good as other kids my age, so I need a tiny speaker to help me hear at the same level as everyone else. I was just starting to panic when I spotted a flash of green under the bed. It must be my hearing aid. How on earth had it got under there? I bent down to pick it up and instead discovered one of my socks lying there. Even weirder, I hadn't unpacked anything yet. I spotted my hearing aid on the bed, nestled in the duvet and only visible from this angle. Triple weird. I put my hearing aid in quickly and heard a loud scurrying noise coming from under the bed. When the sock started to move, like something was pulling it, I knew something was under there. Without thinking, I reached out and grabbed the other end of the sock just before it disappeared. Hey, I said to my sock and felt a bit silly. Clothes don't tend to talk back. It must have just got caught on something. But as I tried to pick it up, the something held it tight at the other end. I squinted into the darkness under the bed to work out what the sock was stuck on, but I couldn't see anything. This was so weird. I was losing a tug of war with something invisible. Harriet! Gran's voice drifted up the stairs again. Well, I think that's what she said, as my hearing aid wasn't in my ear properly because I put it in so quickly. I wasn't even sure if the scurrying noise under the bed had been real. Sometimes my hearing aid makes funny noises when the battery runs out or if it gets wet, so it can be difficult to tell what is a hearing aid noise and what is real life. I gave my hearing aid a wiggle with my finger to get it back into place, like when you sit on a cushion mountain and wiggle your bottom into the cushions to get yourself comfy. The whole time I made sure I kept hold of the sock with my other hand. Just a minute, I yelled back to Gran. I hoped I'd heard her right. I didn't have time for this tug of war. I pulled as hard as I could and the sock stretched before finally pinging free so suddenly that I went flying backwards. The sock still gripped firmly in my hand. I landed on my bottom. Gran calls her bottom her best comfy cushion and says it's comfier than a cushion mountain. And I blinked at the sock the something was still attached to the other end of it. And finally, you can't talk about space without talking about Doctor Who. And luckily, we chatted to Dave Rudden. Dave Rudden is the author of a bunch of Doctor Who stories, and he told us all about them. Uh, so you tell me, 
You are. You must be a very big Doctor Who fan because you've got a very big Doctor Who book out right now. Yes, I am a huge unashamed nerd and uh, I am the author of The Wintertime Paradox, which is a collection or a selection box, basically, of stories set in the universe of Doctor Who. Um, One of the things I love about Doctor Who is that depending on the episode you watch, it's either a mystery or a horror or an action movie or a comedy. And so I wanted to capture that feeling. So these stories are spread out over different doctors and villains and companions and times and planets. There's a jailbreak story. There's a story that's basically home alone in a warehouse of dangerous alien technology. There's a dark fairy tale set at a young scientist convention for some reason. There's something there for everybody, I think. Yeah, so there are 12 stories in this because I started reading it and, I, and it, it kicks off, I hope it's, it, I think I can say this, it kicks off with uh, Rose and her doctor, with, uh, David Tennant who at yeah. the time has just changed, right, from Christopher Eccleston in your story? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, the stories are a great opportunity to explore things that must have happened, but you don't get to see them in the show. So I wanted to have Rose and David Tennant hang out at that moment where she's still a little bit mistrustful. She really misses yeah. Christopher Eccleston's doctor. And then they go to the panto because Christmas. Well, that's the thing. But then I was totally saying, I didn't realize there were 12 stories. And I was like, oh, it's changing. Oh, goodness. And like, like the doctor <laughs> himself, every story kind of regenerates into a new adventure. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Um, I think that like so many people have like different favourite doctors and different favourite villains. So uh, this is something for this. There's something for everybody there, no matter who your favourite doctor is. I have to ask, obviously, who's your favourite doctor? I love Matt Smith. Matt Smith's first season. I just he's Eleven is so much fun to write, but I love writing him with Rory because Rory is Loki, my favourite Doctor Who character, because he's just such a such a sweetheart. Uh, So there's a story in the. There's a story in this where he uh, he gets to spend um, Christmas dinner with uh, River in prison because that's where she spends a lot of her time. So he's just kind of like slightly perturbed and eating stuffing as a jailbreak happens around him. So what other characters uh, do we get to meet in the 12 stories? So there are tons. So um, you get to solve a murder mystery with Missy, which is quite hard to say fast, in uh, Edinburgh at the turn of the century. You get to meet, uh, you get to see Eleven. You get to meet uh, the 13th Doctor as she deals with Faction Paradox, who are an old classic villain that actually have never shown up in New Who. So I had a lot of fun playing with them. Uh, and then there's also some like new and original characters. So there's a Christmas horror with this little tough as nails nine-year-old called Catherine going up against these vampire aliens called plasmavores there's a 12 and bill story there's tons in there it is i mean you've jam-packed in a lot of stuff but did you feel like the legacy was quite a difficult one to take because a lot of people really love doctor who like you've got a lot of pressure there right oh yeah uh, <laughs> so i i first started writing uh, fan fiction when i was a teenager and that's actually a really good way to to get into writing because some of the work is already done so i all had a little bit of experience uh taking on other people's characters and especially characters of people because people love Doctor Who and it means so much to so many people so I am very careful when I write I do a lot of research which mostly involves watching a lot of Doctor Who so it's not that strenuous and I am very aware that I'm taking on something that other people love so I try and make it as true and as clear to the characters as possible and I'm also I like to think of Doctor Who as this big sprawling mansion and I'm just working away in one small part of it so yeah you've got to have a lot of respect for it Oh that's a good way of putting it because yeah there are um, obviously you've got the TV shows but you've got like the big finish audio stuff you've got um, books everywhere you've got the magazine like it is it's a massive world and it must be quite overwhelming to into, but quite nice to be able to pick and choose which bits of it you write about. 
Yeah, I mean, you are only ever describing a small bit of it and you're never changing the entire huge machine that is, it's a bit like the TARDIS, you're never changing all of it. You know, it's still always going to be that blue box. You're just working out like a little new room. Like there's a story in the anthology called Father of the Daleks, uh, which is about Davros and how he spends his Christmas because he's obviously a villain, but he's quite a sad character and he has these Daleks who are his children, but they don't really like him because he's not a Dalek. So it's about him sort of struggling with this. And so, yeah, it's a chance to sort of deep dive into all these little small pieces of who. Um, Well, Dave, thank you so much for chatting to us about your brand new book. Uh, Can you tell everybody one thing that they should look out for in it? One thing that they'll only know to look out for if they've listened to this podcast and this show. Oh, that's really good. Um, you should look out for uh, the fact that the in the Panto story, they get to meet this uh, really famous actor called Shara Betamax, and she is 100% Meryl Streep. She's just 51st century Meryl Streep, because I love Meryl Streep. Oh, great answer. Lovely stuff. So Doctor <laughs> Who, uh, The Wintertime Paradox is out right now, and everybody should go and grab a copy. Uh, thank you so much, Dave, for chatting to us. Thank you. That was fantastic. Thank you. There we go. Lots of space stories for you to get your paws on. Uh, I should also tell you, there's lots of new, new, new books coming out this month. Uh, One by Mark Dawson is The Case of the Smuggler's Curse. Now, this is pretty cool. It's part of the School Detective Club. And when the ASDC spot a ghostly figure walking on the beach on one winter's evening, they are thrown together to unravel a mystery that none of them expected. That sounds awesome. But... Speaking of awesome things, I should probably tell you about my book of the month. Oh yeah, it's back, and this month I have picked a classic. Well, the reason I know it's a classic is because it's written by Christopher Edge, who is genuinely one of my favourite kids' authors. I think he's so much fun. His stories are always just so amazing to unravel. The more you read, the more you think, oh my goodness, he has tightly packed in so much to this story and everything he does I love. So I can't wait for you to read A Space Oddity. That is his new book. Now you might think this story is going to be an intergalactic adventure filled with UFOs, black holes, killer robots, and some very foul smelling aliens. Well, if you thought that, you'd be right. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, It's about a boy called Jake, his embarrassing dad, and the big, big age-old question... Are we really alone in the universe? I guess you have to read A Space Oddity by Christopher Edge to find out. And of course, if you want to get your voice transmitted into outer space, go online right now to funkidslive.com and tell us all about you and your life for Mission Transmission. Remember, there are loads more episodes of Fun Kids Bookworms that you can listen to anytime you like. If you're after any particular author, well, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. That's pretty much it from me today. I am Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you then.